Hello, this is Property Matters, a weekly catch-up on all matters property, supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. And we're live every Sunday on YouTube and Facebook and on our website, propertymatterstv.co.uk at 10am sharp. And if you're watching on our website, don't forget to hit that Google review button, please, and give us a nice review on the homepage. You can also leave your comments in the comments section wherever you're watching us today. And if you'd like to get in touch, the email address, hello, at propertymatterstv.co.uk. You can also get uh, Property Matters as a podcast from any of these main platforms that you can see on the uh, right-hand side of the screen. And also we're live on Dilsert Radio, I believe, every day as well. So looking forward to your comments today on the show. Property Matters, um, of course, every week with our special property expert. That, of course, is Joe Joshi. And we say, hi, Joe. Yes, good morning. Good morning, Paul. Um, and yes, we are live um, on Dilze Radio at 10 o'clock every day. Um, um, so that's that's a, a new area. So that's DilzeRadio.com. Um, and so, yeah, we, we want to be uh, available wherever we can um, uh, to make sure that uh, we cover all the aspects of property and give the guidance and advice as much as we can. There's somebody else that's working very hard on a Sunday morning today, and that's our Natasha. We mentioned her last week, Natasha Cooper-Smith, who's uh, running the London Marathon as we speak. So if she's a really strong runner, she'll be sub four, so she should finish just before midday today. Or if she's a little bit beyond that, she might be just perhaps coming up to one o'clock. So where do we think she's going to be at this point, Joe? Well, you know, fingers crossed uh, when, when we finish this program, uh, of course, I'll be uh, back on to trying to cheer through the system. But uh, I think uh, hopefully about one o'clock, uh, the way, way it's, uh, you know, shaping up. But the good thing is that she's done really well in raising funds for the um, mental health that she's running for, supported and sponsored by us, of course, as auctionproperty.co.uk. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, a little last push from all of our listeners, viewers, friends and family, etc., to make sure that we can reach a target of £2,000, which I'm sure we will by the end of uh, by the end of the, the, uh, the day she runs and all just, just after. But uh, great cause, uh, great effort and, um, you know, um, cheering her on. Yeah, and that page is www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Natasha Cooper hyphen Smith. So uh, we wish her well, as she's probably about halfway around by now, I would imagine. So we'll carry on working alongside, so to speak, with our stories. And I thought this was of interest this week. Certain areas of the property market in England and Wales are providing a lifeline, Joe, uh, to potential home buyers who are finding it hard to climb the property ladder. This is new research from Way Home Analysis. They looked at property affordability across each postcode in England and Wales, comparing the change in the house price to income affordability um, and setting that in a ratio against interest rates starting uh, from December 2021. And the analysis found that in across England and Wales as a whole, house prices have risen by 8.5% since December 2021. The average house now requires 7.3 times the average household income of 41,900 to cover the average house price of £305,065, which is a 0.6% increase in affordability ratio since the interest rates started to rise last year. However, in many pockets of the property market, house prices have fallen 
substantially, providing a boost to housing affordability to those looking to buy in those areas. For example, Gwynedd in LL46 in uh, Wales, North Wales, the average house price has fallen apparently 32.7% since December 2021, the largest house price slide of all postcodes in England and Wales. So today the average house price sits at 7.3 times the average household income, down from 10.8 times income in December 21, which is a 3.5% drop. So it seems that we're all off to Gwynedd. So I had a quick look, Joe, before we uh, go and do that. So let's just have a look at, um, here's some properties. All reduced look on there. This is, uh, I think this is uh, on the market, actually. So we've got there a one-bedroom terrace house for sale, freehold, quaint mid-terrace cottage. That's the one in the middle there, 164950 Got a rather nice chapel conversion, four-bed, two-bathroom property, dating from 1867. Mind you, considering the prices are supposed to have been dropping, 499950 It's a big building, I guess, and probably done nicely, but it seems a bit rich. But then a three-bedroom uh, detached house for sale, which is your typical fodder, I guess, 325,000, three bedrooms, two bathrooms. So what do you make of that, Joe? Well, you know, it's interesting, actually, and it's good that you brought those comparables uh, on the screen uh, for those listening as well on the podcast, that, you know, it's actually not that dissimilar to a lot of the other areas. I mean, if that is the lowest and, and the largest drop in, in the house prices, and at that level, you know, you'd be quite surprised if you do your research, those that are looking to buy or getting on getting their first uh, foot on the run of the property ladder, you will find that there are many other areas that offer you comparable um, properties, perhaps not out in Gwynedd in Wales alone. Um, you know, if you go towards the Midlands and up north and even slightly up north from the uh, perimeter of the home counties, as they say, there are choices, there are availabilities. It may not be with the views of Gwynedd, perhaps out in the remote valleys of, uh, of Wales, but uh, certainly value for money, you would get quite good. And yes, in this particular case, they have looked at the, uh, the overall annual fall uh, since the interest rates have been going up and it's, it's quite substantial. But in reality, um, for three or four hundred thousand pounds, you are able to find relatively good homes in, in other areas. I, I think the main concern here would be affordability, Paul. Um, you know, that's that's the, the bottom line, that uh, the numbers say that house prices have dropped and they are probably having a bit of a correction to, from my point of view, but certainly it's the affordability that we need to sort of try and um, understand. Yeah, so we look at, uh, this is basically Clanfair uh, and also Harlech, so as in as in men of Harlech. And actually, having Googled it, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of the country, probably quite remote. But this little two-bedroom house for sale at the top here, very typical of the local stone. So this is sort of sort of a, a grey, uh, almost like Cotswold type of stone, I guess, for those that are listening. Um, and it's a beautiful little uh, two-bed cottage, 200,000. There's a three-bed house for sale here that's terraced, 275,000 with a garage. Uh, sea views over Cardigan Bay. So, I mean, it's a, not a bad part of the country, Joe. I mean, it's probably the issue is that there isn't a lot of demand, perhaps, because it's quite remote up there. But um, two-bed uh, detached bungalow for sale, 225. Nice retirement yeah, so property, perhaps. 
I think those are certainly attractive. And like you say, it's it's the type of construction, perhaps the stone construction, and then, of course, the views and the general um, quality of life that may come with it. Um, but for first-time buyers or people that are looking to step on the first round of the property ladder, it's maybe not where they need to be, depending on their work commitment. Or, mm. you know, if they're working and they're working for an operation or a com company that is, you know, based in in a in a town, doesn't matter what town, doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, London. It could be Birmingham, it could be Manchester, it could be any of those towns. Then their, the, you know, the travel and and all the other amenities will will matter. But it's a great downsizer uh, for for those that want to downsize because they could get good money for their property where they are and actually end up buying a very nice property for the value in in an area that is remote and uh, you know fresh air etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So it is it's good from lots of different points of view. But certainly I would be showing concern for those that are looking to get you know their first foot on the run of the property ladder. Yeah, I mean, I looked at uh, this the data. I think this is from Rightmove. So here's a property in Harlech, a semi-detached property. So it sold in 2018, in January 2018, for 218,000. But it sold just three years later in December 2021 for 367. Yeah. So that says that although prices might be falling now, there's still been some significant gains even over that period of time. So that's in three years, you know, it's an, uh, almost a 50% uh, increase in, uh, in, 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 in value. Um, on the other side of it, there is also, um, if you want to uh, look for bargains, um, the survey reports the fact that the Test Valley, SO20, so Hampshire's Test Valley has seen a 22.5% drop in property values, leading to a fall in house affordability benchmark from 13.3 times household income to 10.3 today. Still a big ask, though, 10 times salary, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, these numbers are really quite colossal. Uh, when, when I think that, um, you know, when I started in the property market, you know, three, three plus one was basically a three times main earner, one plus... The second earner and and now it's joint income of seven or eight times which is quite quite a well it's double it's double the time that it was and you're still not achieving the amount of borrowing because now in lending purposes um other aspects like affordability um, and other utility costs and all sorts of other things are taken into consideration so theoretically you're probably not even seven you might even be ten times your income in order to make sure that you're actually making the numbers in the first place, um, and those are those are that's the challenging time for all of the uh, first-time buyers, um, and the amount of deposit pool, you know, and that's where bank of mum and dad have been coming in and rescuing, because that's where the deposits are coming from. Because um, it's hard to think that one is going to be able to save that amount of money um, from the salaries and living um, for a deposit. On the other side of the coin, Joe, and I'm, I'm going to ask you a question that's always baffled me. Maybe you'll have the answer. I don't know. But uh, the other side of it is Kensington's W8 postcode. House prices there over the same time since J December 2021 have climbed by 23.1%. With the current, current average house price of £2 million sitting at, get this, 29.2 times the average household income in that postcode, which is up from 55 up 5.5 from 23.7 in December 2021. 
My question is, I mean, clearly this is a lot of foreign investors and at the top of the chain, there are plenty of people who are making good money off, uh, off of a cost of living crisis, I suspect, um, and, uh, and, or, or foreign investors who, who haven't had that impact on them uh, and they've got cash to buy these properties. Clearly that's happening. But there are people that live in that postcode W8 who don't earn that kind of money and they're having to find, even if they're not finding the 29.2 times their salary to buy a property, in W8, they're having to rent a property and the rent will be related to the cost of the building in the first place. How do these people that earn an ordinary salary afford to live in W8? I've never understood it. <laughs> yeah, well, as you say, there is a mystery to that. And the mystery is that it's, it is London or it is, it is the city that allows people to earn a um, colossal amount of money. You'd be quite surprised now, Paul, but uh, when you look at the average household income is probably now circa about £30,000 um, in most parts of the country. Um, and that could be a collective income of maybe £40,000, £45,000 uh, per couple if they're working and, and have a family. Um, a single person in, in, in the town can earn, and especially with obviously good education, good background, etc., are on six figures. They are circa £100,000 or the late 85, 90,000 pounds, which are numbers that just don't equate to folks like me in, in, in the time, because you know we never thought that those were the numbers that were achievable. But younger generations with the new modern technology and, and to, to achieve the things that they need to do are earning a lot of money in order to be able to accommodate that. Of course, this is always fueled by the international and the thing is international crisis. So whether it's a crisis in the world, wherever the crises are, um, people tend to run to places like London um, for safety. Um, and that pushes prices up a lot because they're coming in with cash. They're not actually having to borrow. So the people that are genuinely working are having to borrow a lot to get on the, the run of the property ladder in London, but they're not you know, poor in the sense that they're not able to earn that money there is the capacity to earn six figure sums um and i've spoken to many younger people who almost you know are paying i mean not on a monthly basis paul but in some cases they are paying maybe anything between 800 to a thousand pounds as a rent for the right kind of property that they want to be in and some of that is supported by the companies that they might work with some of it is supported by international, and if the internationally a company has you know hired you from um, America or or any of the other you know larger operators, they will pay for that. So that's why there's always an increase. And I mean, if you may remember when we discussed this subject about house prices dropping in London in the, throughout the pandemic, because obviously everybody was just legging it out of London. They were like, oh, I want to get out of here. This is not happening. And then it was a I said to you then that this is just a short dip and uh, the minute the doors were open for the international travelers to come back in and invest here's the result w8 is now at you know a colossal increase and of course they charged in as soon as they could and picked up those bargains and and looked at it i mean when you think that you know a property i think recently was marketed um in regions park of four or five acres and it was, um, you know, sort of billion pound, four billion pound or something, some ridiculous amount of money for the sale of that particular property. 
you ask yourself, you could buy half a country in some, in fact, you could probably buy a country in some other places for that amount of money. But, <laughs> but, but, but what the reality is that somebody pays it. And there are many reasons for that those people wanting to be here. Number one reason is security, believe it or not. Um, people feel safer walking around despite what people say about, you know, stabbings and this and that going on and congestion charge and, and, and the, uh, you know, uh, the zone that now has got lots of poisons in the air. I mean, people want to be here with their children for the education, for the right reasons. And it's number one is safety and security. And believe it or not, when you get crises across the world, as we have got all over the place, those families, those wealthy families arrive in places like London because they know that they're not going to be kidnapped. You know, kidnapping is a big thing. For example, in, in other countries, people, mm. uh, poorer people or people kidnap a, a rich person's child and hold them to ransom. So what they do is they'll pay silly money to be in a safe place because at the end of the day, ultimately, they want to be safe with their children. So London's really been attractive to a lot of foreigners for that reason alone, just security. Yeah, we've seen that all through the time we've been doing Property Matters, haven't we, that uh, London always seems to buck the trend across the country. But there are those bargains out there, and we thought it was our duty to let you know. So uh, LL46 is the postcode in Gwynedd. It's Harlech and Clanfair, which is, uh, which actually, do you know what, I'm quite taken with it, I have to be honest. Um, but all, all joking aside for a second, Joe, um, you know, you wouldn't, from the advice you've given us before. So, you know, here's me thinking, right, I'm gonna go get myself a little rental bargain up in uh, LL46. It's not necessarily good advice, is it? Tell us why. Well, primarily, I mean, I, I think it's a downsizer type of operation. I don't think it's, uh, it's gonna, I mean, um, unless there's a, a big enough town nearby that attract people to rent it, um, your, your money's gonna be on Airbnb rather than on a rental so you know and, and that becomes seasonal yeah, i know so you've got cardigan a, bay next door haven't you so that's yeah clearly yeah mm. so i mean i know of a client that um, we sold for uh, who has um, invested in the airbnb in wales um, and has done really well and she'd never been to wales that was her point she'd never been to wales went there one day and bought a house and, um, you know, it was a bit of a, a long shot, but anyway, she's done well with it. And, and Airbnb is what's make it work. So that's, I mean, if you're looking to invest, you've got to be there. But then of course, the problem with Airbnb is you've got to find the support network to make sure that somebody goes and cleans it, deals with it, you know, turns it around, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's not going to be for you if you're sitting over here in, 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 uh, in London or, or the home counties. Um, then, then it's not going to be, but in terms of rental as an investment, you will have a, a lot of void periods because it's not going to be always someone that's going to go, right, I'll be there for a year. And then for another six months, you may not find the right person. So for those reasons, probably not a great investment opportunity. One thing I find amazing is that the three properties that we mentioned, the re restored chapel and the terraced house and the detached house, they were all photographed on a day with blue skies. I didn't think you got blue skies in North Wales, but <laughs> either that or they've got some software that puts the sky on afterwards. Maybe that's what they do, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but to conclude on this, so there are places where you can get bargains, but of course, as we'll find out in our final story today, you know, it comes to when you can afford, if you can afford the mortgage, because 
again, we're looking at rates going up, but we'll come to that in just a, a moment. So our second story um, that we're going to look at today is all about um, uh, the property auction market. So there was a notable rise in property activity in March as more investors, including buy-to-let landlords, turned to auctions across the UK dispose of properties. The residential property sector was particularly busy with lots offered up almost 45% as the recent hike in the interest rate and the introduction of yet more punitive rules and regulations encouraged more investors to reduce their exposure to the housing market. So uh, here's the little um, uh, graphic that we had um, so this is the details here. So overall, national auction analysis says that the lots offered in March were up 38%, 3,684. Um, January to March up 35%, April to April 16.6%. Uh, so residential, 44% increase in March, 40% across the first quarter, and over the year, 184 But then if you look at commercial, only 5.2% up in March, 6.9% uh, across the first quarter and across the year 6%. So clearly uh, it is the effect of landlords selling residential property by the look of it um, and commercial not that much more affected by um, any uh, assessment. Yes, yeah, so um, auction is a fantastic and great method of sale. I think it's, it's actually... Um, underestimated um people don't actually know it. most most people believe that um auction is a, 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 a route or a method where you are it's like the last resort you've got to go there because you're desperate to sell that's not the case it is a great method of sale and it works for ordinary market the problem we have at the moment is there is a great supply the supply is uh, perhaps for auction purposes overvalued and the reason why it's overvalued is because the interest rates have now shot up and there is not enough return on investment. So if you're buying a property that has been let and it's got a tenant in there, the tenant is probably at this moment in time on an old, assured short-old tenancy agreement, not paying perhaps what could be, be the recurrent rate. However, if you're going to borrow money to buy that, then you're going to actually end up almost paying for the person to live in the property. Um, and that is why there is an influx. And that's part of the reason why a lot of buy to let landlords are coming to the market and saying well if i can get out even if i can get my investment back out of it then i can actually rethink about how i'm going to invest that into another property or another project or, or, or another area um, so whilst there is an up on that if you look at the stats that we've just been talking about it's actually minuscule in commercial and it's probably quite a high um, demand uh, sorry a, a drop in um, the residential primarily because there's more residentials coming on and but they are actually not selling as much so if you then go to the to the next point with that particular part they will tell you that yes there has been lots of activity lots more people coming on the market because of the buy to let but equally auction rooms are not selling as much as they probably could or would do um, because they can't afford to sell them our, our clients who are instructing us are not in a position to be able to sell for less than what is outstanding. So it's a case of, do they you know, suck it and see it and, and go for a big, a long, a long play? Um, because even refinancing of it is out. So the interest rate hike has caused huge problems. On top of all of that, our beloved Mr. Gove is doing as much as he can to make sure 
that people come off the buy-to-let route. What these people don't understand is the more landlords that come off it means that there are going to be more homeless people as time goes on um, because nobody else is going to invest in, in this, this program. So, you know, they've definitely got that quite wrong. Um, mm. But auctions are busy, but perhaps not getting the results that we want to get. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The figures here, I mean, if we read further down to percentage sold, so lots offered were up in March 44.8%, but the percentage sold fell by 11.4%. And if you look at that over a quarter, the first quarter of this year, it's 9.9% that the number of properties sold or the percentage sold goes down by 9.9%. And over a year, the number of sold properties is down by 8.5%. So auction rooms are flooded with properties for sale. Landlords want to get out nobody's buying and the reason why they're not buying is because there's no return on investment <laughs> you know if it was a vacant property then yes the uh, people will go right i can buy that and I, i'm a cash purchaser i don't need to to go and buy this uh with a with a loan so i can afford to buy that but then if they're vacant and they're they're cash so that that's the that's the sale that's happening the one that has got tenants in it and someone's got to borrow money to buy that, that is a no deal. So it's just not, not, not gonna happen, it's not gonna sell. So those landlords are having to sit on it longer. Um, and um, so yeah, it's shortened. So that the amount coming to the market is high enough, but the amount actually selling is not sufficient. It's a great time to be a cash buyer, isn't it? This is, this is a buyer's market. This is what they call a buyer's market. So, and especially cash is king. So if you've got the cash, you know, offers that are coming in for properties that we're selling are, you know, quite strongly lower because they believe they can and wait for it. But it just depends on that circumstances of the seller. If the seller has borrowed money that is over and above the value, he just can't afford to sell it because he's got to then pay the balance from his own pocket. But part of the reason he's probably selling it in the first place is because, you know, he doesn't have the balance. He wants to get his money back. But if you're not going to get your money back, at least, then you're not going to be selling it. So yeah, we're at, we're at, we're at a bit of a crossroads, but uh, you know, I'm sure it, it won't last long. It, it, we get through these things, we can get through pandemics, we can get through interest rate hikes. We've been here before, and I'm pretty certain we'll get through it as time goes on. <laughs> Our final story of the week, a major blow for homeowners as interest rates sit to hit 5%. You did predict it, Joe. Economists have warned that Britain faces another painful interest rate hike to try to bring it back down to double-digit um, inflation. Um, or bring back down double-digit inflation, I beg your pardon, bring it into single figures. Inflation has been over 10% since uh, last summer, and the latest data released this week, of course, from ONS, revealed it stubbornly remained there at 10.1%. This bolsters the case of economists to say more interest rate rises are likely to get inflation under control. And, of course, wages are up 6.6%, of course, which they didn't expect. Um, adding to the market expectations that rates will rise with fresh fears that they could hit 5%. So you did predict it, but uh, it uh, doesn't seem to be looking good for Mr Sunak's uh, pledge to halve inflation this year. Yes, I mean, obviously, um, from my point of view, I've always felt um, that 5% was going to be the benchmark, ultimately. Um, and I know 
uh, when in our discussions, you know, uh, I remember you saying to me, well, that's probably about the most negative you've ever been. And it wasn't the case of being negative. It was the case of that's where I saw it ultimately ending up. And, uh, you know, it seems that that's where it's, it's going. In terms of halving, I don't think he's going to halve it because he's not in control of the world problems that we have. The world problems are that you know, everything has gone expensive um, at a time. The problem is that he's, he's coming and holding a baby that has been messed up by uh, his predecessor and obviously with the breadbasket of the world, Ukraine, in, 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 in war, it, lots and lots of issues are now coming home to roost. I don't think and I don't believe that you know anyone else is going to do anything different. We already tried that. It's just that you know, you've got to blame someone. And uh, Mr. Sunak happens to be at the end of that line um, and he's the one that's going to you know, get the blame for it not going right or not going wrong sort of thing. But it is where we are. It's not, you know, what we're going to be looking for. But I think that uh, uh, in a way, I wish they had actually just got rid of this 5% business way earlier. Um, and maybe we could have, you know, reversed things a lot earlier. But we're not in charge of that. That's what they're going to do. But in my prediction was that you know, we'll settle at around 5%. So we're at 4.25, we'll probably get up to four and a half. And I think before the year is through, um, you're probably gonna end up at that sort of level. And just hope that they can deal with this Ukraine war and, and see what the future lies. But the good thing about our business, the reason why I love what we do, and that is property, is that it's the safest and the most securest that you're gonna get, even though there are rates are high and, and costs are high. You know, you don't happen to have a empty property if you don't need to have it. I mean, there are people that find money from where they want to, to have a roof over their head. And I've seen that even more recently when I find that, you know, we're looking at rental properties, two bedroom rental properties at sort of 16 to 1800 pounds. I mean, it's just unheard of. These properties were a thousand quid. You know, they now double the money to rent. But when you want a roof over your head and you want food on the table, you're going to go to the troubles of whatever you've got to do. And people are doing two, three jobs at the moment in order to make sure that they can accommodate for their family and, and, and uh, cover the cost of living that they'll do. Um, I remember, I'm sure lots of people, if they were listening, will come in and say that we, we remember, you know, 15 and 18 percent interest rates um, at one time. And, um, you know, those they, those were pretty dire days. But house prices have gone up. You know, so you, but we don't see that. That's the problem we don't see. What we see is obviously the everyday cost, but what we don't see is that you may have bought your house at, I don't know, let's say 200,000 pounds, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, and, and that's now worth probably double that money. So there's equity in that. You would never have saved that money if you were asked to save it over that same period um, on a, on an ordinary thing. I mean, if you're earning lots of money, then of course you can afford to save lots of money. But you know, those on the average, and we talk about the average person in the street, who's just trying to get his ordinary life done, have done well in equity gain throughout their property. But that sometimes is like, a, like a, 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 an undercurrent. It's like a hidden thing. You think, okay, well, you know, I bought that at 200,000. It's now maybe worth you know, 500,000, so there's the 300,000 pound gain. Yes, there's a mortgage on it, I've paid the mortgage, but there is something there that you've got a fallback on, and that's why um, property is always, in my opinion, a good place to do. And in the UK, we've known for all the time that I've been in the business, 
that it's what everybody's wish and de desire is. At the moment, it's rental. But the minute the rental can turn into a home ownership, those people do. They want to. They want to have their own place. I remember my first mortgage, seventy-four and a half thousand. My first mortgage, and rates were fifteen percent. The interest alone was eight hundred and sixty-eight pounds a month. I remember that from the very first yeah. monthly payment I made. Um, and that was on those dreaded endowment mortgages, and I still had uh, the endowment to pay on top of that, which I think was another £30 a month, if I remember rightly, something like that. But um, interestingly, uh, talking about uh, the, the headline rate, that actually is coming down. And in interestingly, also, the energy costs are coming down, the petrol's coming down, the, 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 the fuel is coming down, should I say. Um, clothing, furniture and household goods are, are increasing at a slower rate, but it's the food that seems to be off the scale. 19.1% increase year on year, the highest since August 1977. And I remember my old nan used to come back from doing the shopping. Oh, they've put 2p on beans. Or, oh, you know, cauliflowers are up 3p. You know, I always remember thinking, well, have you got nothing better in life to worry about? But I find myself now doing exactly the same thing <laughs> in the supermarket, coming back and saying how much cat food's gone up, for example. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you know, people that bought pets are, are, are suffering hugely and the pets are suffering. I mean, that lots of people haven't even identified that into a point where, you know, uh, I, I was reading an article where the dog homes and, and the cat homes are having pe people are having to literally um, part with their pets because mm. it's another cost that they is it, it, costing. Again, these are all bits that we we think will do, but sometimes you know, it's a case of your own family and your kids. So we are where we are at this moment in time in, 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 in the life cycle, but you're absolutely right. You know, you, you look at your parents and I, I, I remember everybody here, but, but what was the old adage, Paul? You, you know, uh, you, you saved the pennies and the pennies saved the pounds situation or, or, or something like that, you know, and, um, and so look now- after the Look see, after the pennies and the pounds will look after pounds themselves. Look after themselves, yeah. Um, and so now when you, when you hear yourself saying that, you, you, you do remember your parents saying that to you. You know, you don't do this and you don't do that. And you go, no, you don't know how it works. We know how it works. And now here we are X, Y, Z years later, you know, eating humble pie and going, they were probably right, but we didn't want to tell them that, did we? <laughs> you probably need, probably need to amend it now. Look after the pennies because I haven't got any pounds left. <laughs> anyway on that bombshell i think that's where we will finish for today i hope you enjoyed watching property matters thank you joe as always for your input we'll see you again for another property matters next week same time same place